time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how people get stuck, how they get to a place where they feel like they are just frozen in place and can't move forward. And we've talked about some different ways of beginning to loosen those bonds, first by understanding that you may not be as quite as stuck as you feel, but also talking about that unfinished business and the places where we need to kind of finish off the loops and, and some other areas of freeing ourselves up. And today, I want to talk about another way of getting unfinished stuck. And that's about shifting your perspective, finding a different way of moving. A few years back, uh, I was in the middle of just a hubbub of projects, lots of stuff going on, and I didn't feel like I was making any headway. It just felt like my head was spinning and I I could not get my feet underneath me. No matter what I try to do, I, I would block out time. I would think I would ponder. I would work. I would do all these things. And it felt like I was just not moving forward. Well, it came time for me to travel to a conference, and I remember the day I left for the conference. It was overcast and cloudy, and it had been overcast and cloudy for a number of days, and that's not ever good for my mood. I need some sunlight, and I need some um, some breath of fresh air to to really uh, feel engaged in life, and so already I I was feeling a little bit behind, much less with the project that just wasn't going anywhere. And so off I was going to this conference and I was really feeling like, you know, what was the point? Here I was going to a conference about how to figure things out and and I just felt lost and I just could not decide how that was going to help me move forward. But I had already paid for the conference. I had already gotten my plane reservations and the the plane was going to leave with me or without me and I was going to have to pay anyway. So I thought, well, I'll just go to the conference and get away for a few days and maybe something will shake loose. I remember getting to the airport, and uh, it was in the afternoon. Uh, I was flying west, so I knew I'd be chasing the sunlight for a little bit. But it was one of those days that it just was sopped in with, with all these clouds. The, it was just not pretty, and it was raining a little bit and drizzly and icky. And so I got on board the plane, you know, finally got my seat and was seated down at a window. Now, I generally don't like sitting at a window because – I'm 6'4", and I'm already feeling cramped, so I usually like to be on the aisle anyway, just so I could every now and then stretch out my leg and and find a little relief, but I didn't have that choice. I was stuck up against the window. So as we were leaving, I remember I opened the window just to kind of stare out, um, and and part of it was a way for me to uh, be clear with the person beside me that I was lost in my thoughts. Um, I'm an introvert, so it's not always the number one thing for me to strike up a conversation with the person beside me. And so I was kind of establishing this place where I was in my own mind, own own thoughts. And uh, so um, there we were taking off. And you know that point when you take off and you hear the ding, ding, and it's okay to listen to music, which now you can do from gate to gate, but then you couldn't. And so when I heard that ding, ding, I immediately put uh, my uh, earphones in and I started to listen to some music that I like that uh, just allowed me to kind of leave a, a back the stuff that I had been lost in. As we climb through the clouds, I remember this moment when we burst through the clouds into a blue sky, a beautiful blue sky, no clouds above me. There were, I could look down and see all this fluff of the clouds that were white, 
they had been gray from underneath, but from the top, they were completely white. And so we flew for a while and I enjoyed watching the sun as it was moving across the sky and we were moving across and the sun began to set and was moving faster than we were. And the beauty of that sunset over what was then the Western landscape. And whenever I see a change in landscape, it it makes me realize it it just places this place of awe within me where I realize that my little space is not nearly as big as I make it out to be. And there are different places in the world and different places not that far from me. So we were flying along and, and the whole terrain changed and the sun was setting and the beautiful colors of the sky and then it came that moment that uh, is probably my favorite moment of the day in terms of the sky. And that's when there is almost a full spectrum as the sun was just getting below the horizon and the full spectrum of colors. And you could see the rainbow of colors all the way up. And it's just one of those beautiful moments of putting me in a place of awe and of wonder. And then I realized that all of my thoughts had gone away about being stuck. And as I'd been sitting there thinking a few thoughts occurred to me that freed up my thought process that I had realized that I had gotten way too engrossed that saying you can't see the forest for the trees. Well, I I couldn't see the big project for the little pieces and what had happened in that moment in that plane is something that we can always choose to do, but something that we have to sometimes choose to do, not just wait for it to happen. And that's have a shift in perspective. So what does it mean to have a shift in perspective? Well, we all have a certain perspective, a way of viewing things, and we naturally have this perspective that starts with where we are. It starts with our immediate surroundings and our viewpoint and this moment in time. And that's why we sometimes get stuck, because we're in our own head, our own thoughts, our own perspective, our own little world and fail to realize that our own little world is attached to a pretty big world with lots of people, with lots of different views, and with lots of opportunities for seeing things differently. So let me propose that there are several different ways to shift the perspective, and I'm going to propose an exercise that you might use when you find yourself needing to make that shift in perspective. The first one is a shift in perspective is about scale. And seeing yourself in the grander scheme of life, not just of life, but of the universe. Have you seen the videos that show how short our time has been as human beings on the earth? And then as it scales out a little bit further, that our earth is one planet in our solar system and how small it really is compared to the sun and some other planets. And then our solar system is just one galaxy in a bunch of galaxies in the Milky Milky Way. And then the Milky Way is one area of the whole uh, universe. And so you, you find that we're smaller and smaller. And as you get smaller and smaller, those big problems that we carry around with us sometimes get put into uh, a different uh, perspective, a different way of understanding. And part of that scale for me is realizing that my my stuck points are often a lot smaller than I give themselves credit for. And, and that's not just to say, well, just pass on it. It's not going to bother you if you're stuck. But it's to say when we begin to want to get unstuck, a useful way is to begin to change our perspective a little bit, to, to jar it loose a little bit. And so one way is to think in terms of scale and, and how small we are 
and how small this little piece of life really is in the grander scheme of things. So there's scale in size and, and in distance. And you might notice how, you know, as you're flying up in a plane, all those people who are having all those crises get smaller and smaller. And their immediate issues are more and more distant. And that's, uh, you know, there was a song a while back Bette Midler talked about uh, from a distance. She used it as a theological framework, which is not a theological framework, I believe. But it is a useful, useful perspective that from a distance, everything is one big unit. From a distance, as we get further and further away from space, from the earth, our earth is one big unit, one organism. And a lot of people have talked about how their viewpoint has been uh, changed and challenged just from viewpoints of, uh, from, uh, you know, pictures from outer space looking back at us. Uh, the space station, as it's going around, is taking pictures and, and showing us a different viewpoint of the earth and how many people realized that they're one little piece, a tiny little piece of a bigger micro, a macrocosm. And our microcosm sometimes gets us stuck. So one way of shifting perspective is to think in terms of scale, to to kind of pull back from that a little bit. And I'm going to talk about how we use that in just a minute. Another is time. What, how long is this really going to matter, this piece? How long will it truly matter? That's the time element. Over the course of your lifetime, over the course of your family's lifetime, over the course of uh, the, the grander scheme of history, how long will this matter? Things begin to change when we think in that direction. Another one is point of view, POV, point of view. What happens when we look at ourselves from a third-person perspective? What would our friends say about where we are and what's going on? What would some other stranger think about where we are and what's going on? How would they look at your life and assess where you're stuck? Would they say, well, of course you're stuck. I can see why you're stuck. Or would they say, hey, I think you might have created that yourself. Sometimes when we don't make these shifts, we can't see the forest for the trees. So how do you use that? Well, the scale one, let's use that just for uh, uh, one way you can make that shift, is I always talk about people moving to the 30,000-foot view. That's a way of just thinking about scale in a quick jump. 30,000-foot view means you're looking down upon it, kind of from an objective viewpoint. You, you, you're you shifting it and looking down from a distance. Use the 30,000-foot view, and one way to do that is to begin to describe things kind of like a reporter would do. How do you think about the who, what, when, where, and how? Forget the why. The why is going to bring you right back into your own frame of reference. But who, what, when, where, how? That's a great way of thinking about it. So you begin to tell the story from a little more objective viewpoint. The scale gives you a little objectivity to it. And you can think about it from a different viewpoint. And then you can have a bit more of an objective view of how to get unstuck. Sometimes it's the subjective part that keeps us stuck. When I've done consulting with companies, they get sometimes get so focused on the problem that they miss the fact that the solution is right in front of them lots of times. The solution is waiting for them to see it from a higher place, to see it from a different way around. And in fact, sometimes they discover that there's somebody in their company that can see it from a bit of a distance. And that bit of a distance is what brings in the resolution to the problem. And that's true in our own lives. When we begin to have a little more distance, a little more perspective, we sometimes find our own solutions very easily. 
Time is another one. So how do you use that? I talked about how time can change it, but one way to use it is when you're stuck and when you have this problem that just seems so big and daunting to ask yourself, how is this going to matter in fives? How's it going to matter in five minutes? Sometimes we get all upset about something and in five minutes it will have passed. How about five weeks? Is that issue really going to be that big of a deal in five weeks? How about in five months? Think about back on those five months ago. Maybe there was some issue that was going on then and you realize you can't even think of what it was, but you were stuck on it. Five months ago, it seemed like such a daunting issue and now you can't even recall it. How about in five years? Will you be able to come up with why this is important in five years? And I can tell you, having been through the process of creating things, including writing a book, that sometimes I made it such a big deal that I needed a time perspective of going, okay, I'm going to have this behind me. And how that, how is that going to be? So think about what's important at fives. And that's a technique my wife has used many times with, with clients to ask, is it going to matter in five minutes, five weeks, five months, five years? And use those as ways of shifting you out of your immediacy of it. Now, there are times when you say, yes, it will matter. That's great. Then you can determine why it's so important and begin to work on it from that direction. How about point of view? This is one of my favorite ways of doing it. Point of view is assuming somebody else's perspective, a third person or the kind of thinking out from a distance. How is that other person going to, to think about this? So let's say that you and your spouse are having an argument, but there's a bystander. How would they describe your argument? Not what are you saying and not your point of view, but the two of you together in that argument. How would they describe that? Or how would somebody look and, and see that place where you feel stuck and describe it to you back? And how would that free you up a little bit? In fact, let me push it a little bit against that because the image I carry with me is sometimes I get concerned about things that I really don't need to be so concerned about. But it's it's kind of, as my daughter would say, first world issues. You know, we worry about uh, those those things that are just not going to happen if we weren't so uh, living in an abundance. You know, if we were living on the edge, the things that we worry about wouldn't be a big deal. And that's a, a very important perspective. Uh, I've talked before about my trip to India. And the reason is because India was such a shock to the system. Uh, when you land, you are overwhelmed with the sights, the sounds, the feeling of a country that is so different than where you're from. It's As my brother uh, described it, it's a psychedelic experience without any substance. Um, it just creates this new perspective for you because it's so different than where you came from. My brother and I were with a person from India who was showing us uh, through uh, another inner city uh, slum area. And this slum had been built out of the side of a hill that, that the government had decided could not be lived on. And so they had a rule that if there was an area that the, the government believed you couldn't build on and you still managed to build a house and maintain it for a while, then it became a livable area. And so there were slums that the government would design, and they were, they were just low-income to no-income kind of housing units that the government actually built. There were concrete structures, and they built. And then there is the uh, self-created slums. And these self-created slums tended to be in these fairly difficult-to-live-in areas, like the side of a mountain, side of a hill. Uh, a mountain might be a bit of an exaggeration there, but a sizable hill that was too steep to build on, and then some 
somebody would dig out and build there. And pretty soon a community had established and they would become a slum. So we were looking for another location for yet another uh, tutoring uh, program, a a child development uh, program. And as we were driving through the slum, I looked out my window and there was this woman who had uh, just kind of stumps for legs who was trying to move around and was clearly having to live off what she begged off of. And she was the most pitiful person I had seen during that day. And, and I remember staring out going, wow, you know, of all the problems that I'm thinking about, what would she think of my problems? And would, would she be willing to trade problems with me? I'm sure she would. And suddenly I realized that that was a reference point that I would carry with me of when I find myself frustrated and find myself feeling stuck to ask that question, am I truly stuck or am I stuck because I make myself stuck that I contribute to my own stuck points? In other words, that third party perspective, and especially from somebody who uh, had so little comparatively speaking, what was the stuck and could I use that as a reference point? Now, that person, I'm watching her survive. I had great admiration for the capacity of this person to keep going because I was sitting there going, what would I do if that were me? Would I be able to to push on? Would I be able to continue on? And I realized that there is a way that that shifts any of our perspectives. When we just decide to use somebody else's viewpoint, what would that somebody else say? And you can use the viewpoint of somebody who loves you dearly and thinks highly of you. You can use that perspective of the other person with whom you're having a conflict. How would they view you and what's going on? You can use it as uh, a stranger on the street who just notices what's going on. You can use it as somebody who has far less than you and far less fortune than you. What would all of those people think about your perspective? And it begins to free you up because you're shifting out of your own mind and into the possibilities that are out there. Now, I told you that I had an exercise for you, and this is the exercise. I want you to write down a story of stuck, not just a story, but your story of stuck. How are you stuck? What are the places that you're stuck? And and let me just say that we all have places where we are stuck, and so our task in life is to get unstuck where we can and to move forward in different ways and not be allow ourselves to be constantly stuck. So I'm not saying I know there's something wrong with you because you're stuck, but to say we all have that place where we are stuck. So what can we do about that? So tell your story, write down, write it down in handwriting, your story of stuck. It may be about some injustice that you feel has happened to you and you say, you know what, that injustice has taken my life or some part of my life from you, from me and somehow has, has gotten me stuck. So tell that story of stuck or it may be how you feel like you can't change anything in your life. Just note that that can't change anything. Sometimes we place upon ourselves, we create a place, and I'll talk about that another time of how we bind ourselves into that place of stuck. But think about maybe some place where you can't change something or feel you can't change something. Or maybe you're telling your story about something that happened in the past where you were deeply hurt by somebody else's actions, and that has gotten you stuck. So write that all down. Now, after you've written all that down, After you've told the story, after you've made all of that down, go back and cross out all the elements that are not absolutely factual and be ruthless about this. If it's your opinion, 
knock it out. If it's a belief that you realize, an assumption you've made about something, knock it out. Whittle it all the way down to the basic facts. And I mean, they have to be factual. No opinion, no interpretation. Only the things that are left are factual. Now look at that. Read that story again. Does it shift your perspective? Does it make you realize how much our thoughts create our stuck points? Because we are so full of these interpretations and these beliefs and these explanations we use about uh, what's happened to us that we find ourselves frozen in place. If there's another person that is involved in this process with you, if there's somebody else that is a part of the stuck process, I want you to also tell the story from that person's perspective. How do they view what's happened between you? How do they view the interaction between you? How is that different than your interaction? In other words, put yourselves in their shoes and think about how they would be interpreting this event that's happened between you. And then ask yourself, is there a big difference there? Is it a a matter of interpreting each other's behavior in maybe unfair ways that has got you stuck? Here's what happens. You take a subjective experience, and by the way, every experience we have is in some ways subjective because we interpret it through our senses and through our thoughts. So we take any experience, any event, and turn it into our subjective experience and then make it as an object. In other words, have an objectivity to it. View it from a different way. Strip away all those interpretations and all those beliefs and all those thoughts that you've had and how you you felt it. And move to the facts of what happened. So we move from a subjective experience to objective experience. And you find that that begins to help things begin to shift. And there are two ways that that happens. Detachment and distance. That's the hallmark of any shift. Detachment and distance. Detachment is when you get out of your own way and view it from a broader perspective. View it from a grander place to see it. And let that be an an interpretive place for you. Remember that when we are able to detach from our experience, we gain some distance from it, and then we're able to see more realistically what's going on. The distance is when we can step away from it, not just detach our own personal, but step away and view it from that 30,000-foot view. Use these as ways of shifting your perspective. Use these as ways of getting unstuck. One of the major ways, in my mind, uh, one of those major steps to getting unstuck is shifting your perspective. You now have three ways to shift your perspective by time, by scale, and by point of view. This is Lee Balkum wishing you a thriving life. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it.